It's your coach, Coach Cam. We talking hoops, baby. We talking hoops. Uh-huh. Coach Cam on the podcast, we talking hoops. Don't you leave them open, don't you know that coach can shoot? We talking hoops all day, that's what we do. That's NBA, D1 to D2, AAU, D3, G League, overseas, highlights, offers, transfers that want to leave. We talking hoops, that's every week. With Coach Cam dropping gems for the hoop fiends. Uh, and to my fans with the hoop dreams. Stay shooting, stay hooping. Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops. It's your coach that knows hoops the most. Episode 12 is fire as hell. Coach Cam, we talking hoops, baby. And we back on our regular schedule. Last week was a little unconventional. I was on the road with it. And, you know, I had to still get the podcast out there, even though it was Thursday, Friday, whatever. But we back to regularly scheduled, dropping every Tuesday like an album. And we got some heat for you coming this week, like Miami and Pat Riley. We're going to talk NBA free agency. We're going to talk travel hoops. Adidas versus Nike action happened in Michigan. We're going to talk our fly, my Flame 5 college prospects. And I'm going to give you some more teams that were the best to never do it. Just talking about another five-year period. But let's start off how we normally do. Let's stick to the NBA. And by the time I released my last episode, PG and Kawhi hadn't hooked up yet. Well, the magician got it done. And I'm talking about the logo, Jerry West, in the middle of the night, two in the morning, breath stinking and yawning. And he pulled the trade with OKC to get PG to the Los Angeles Clippers along with Kawhi Leonard. And they made a huge splash. I'm talking about they really stirred up the pot getting PG and Kawhi. Now, are they guaranteed a title next year? No, they are not. I don't think so. But they were going to be very exciting to watch. And one of the top teams in the West. I mean, you're talking about probably the best two do-it-all wings in the league. I mean, they play both ends of the floor. Two high-level defenders, high-level scorers. I mean, you forget that Paul George is every bit of 6'7", 6'8". And he handles, he handles it like he's 6'3". Like a guard. Shoots it pretty well. Can work in the mid-post. I mean, you're going to have trouble guarding both of those guys every night. And you put a pit bull like Patrick Beverly around that. Now they have to resign him. And you got the sixth man of the year, Lou Williams coming off the bench. You know, Shy Gilders, Alexander, very good young prospect for the Clippers. I mean, they got they got some tools. They got some tools, man. And whenever you had a, one of the best players in the game, you got a chance. I don't care what the rest of your roster looks like. If you have the best player in the game or one of the top three, top five, you got a chance. Okay, you saw that with LeBron. He took some bumps to the finals. He was the best player in the game. He took some bumps to the finals. So if you got the best player in the game, you got a chance. And they get two top 10 guys. I don't think uh, Paul George is top five. I think he's a top 10 guy for sure. And you got two of them. So good luck guarding that on a nightly basis. I know I wouldn't have to do it because somebody's got a problem. And then they're going to come back and they're going to check you too. So the Clippers, they, they switched it up. And they made sure Kawhi did not go to the Lakers. 
And I like that, man. Switch it up on him, man. Kawhi didn't owe Toronto nothing. He didn't owe Toronto nothing. He did what he was supposed to do. He got traded to Toronto. He gave him a championship. Now it's time to get money, dog. It's time to get, get money. money. He got money. Get and he did. He got paid. And he's on a good roster. So, you know, shout out to him. Uh, some other deals that went down in free agency that it might you might have paid attention to or might not have. The Los Angeles Lakers. Now, they didn't get Kawhi. I understand that. They didn't get Kawhi. They didn't get the big fish. But sometimes... Not getting the big fish is a good thing because had they gotten Kawhi, they would not have enough money to fill the rest of their rosters with valuable players that can play in the NBA. All right. And what I mean by that is they get Kawhi and they don't get Cook. They don't get uh, some of the other assets that they have acquired. And you stuck with mid-level veterans and rookies to fill out your roster. And you don't want to do that. I think AD and LeBron is enough. I mean, that's 50 points, 30 rebounds right there, I would think. That's on the board. You just got to figure out the rest. So they re-signed Rondo. They got they re-signed KCP. They got Quinn Cook coming. They got DeMarcus Cousins. Now, is DeMarcus Cousins the same guy as he was two years ago? No, he isn't. All right? He struggled this year with the Warriors, but he was hurt, man. He was hurt. He was less than 75%. Boy, he could barely get up and down the floor. You know, but it's the NBA Finals. You never played in one. And I salute him for playing, even though he got hurt the series before. But you're going to see a different DeMarcus Cousins this year. Okay? A hungry DeMarcus Cousins? Oh, man. Let him get in the lab. He's been real quiet. He's been real quiet, man. The bear is hibernating. I'll tell you right now, that bear is hibernating. And he's in the lab, and he's like, how did I not get one of these bags that they throwing around? You mean to tell me I was first team NBA, 26 and 14, and I'm signing a deal for $7 million? Oh, hell no. Nah, homie. Nah, I can't rock like that. Oh, hell I no. I need the chips. I need my money, so I got to get back in the lab. I got to get back in the mud, you know? As McCollum would say, CJ, get it from the mud, and you're going to see a different DeMarcus Cousins. Okay, he's going to get back to 100%, and you add LeBron to that, the Lakers, they'll definitely be in the mix. They're in the mix, all right? They also signed Danny Green, and it's LeBron's the type of player, if you put shooting around him, you can never go bad. And here's the thing about the Lakers that nobody is talking about. They still kept Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is probably, if he's not the best, young, one of the best young players in the game right now, I want you to tell me who is. Going into the last year's draft, if you had told me, or two years ago, if you had told me would you take Kyle Kuzma or Josh Jackson, almost everybody 100% taking Josh Jackson. Well, they didn't. They took Kyle Kuzma. And he's turned out he's a better player right now. Much better prospect. Nobody is talking about that they still kept Kyle Kuzma. So look at the length that they'll got. They'll be able to put on the floor Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, and AD. You got three guys, six, eight, six, seven, from the three to the five. Oh, man, that's a lot of length. You can do a lot of switching. You can play fast. I mean, man, that's going to be exciting to watch the Lakers. You know, the media wants the Lakers to be good. And they're going to be good again. All right, but just know that if LeBron don't get it done with this group, that 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 shot clock is ticking, homeboy. You get you better get it done this year or next, or it's time to shut it down and let Bronny take the flag. Okay, so that was the Lakers. The Lakers got it done 
in free agency. I like what they did, even though a lot of people aren't talking about Kyle Kuzma, and you should, right? But the question has arose when they signed DeMarcus Cousins. Is he done? DeMarcus Cousins isn't done, y'all. He ain't done. And like I said, he's going to be a different player this year. And I like that tandem with him, LeBron, and AD, so it's going to be fun to watch. So you, you still get Paul George and Kawhi. I mean, I mean, I hate to go back and mention it again, but holy smokes. I mean, but two all-stars on one team? Man, that's going to be very fun to watch with the tough pieces they got around them. That's going to be a group to watch, right? So it's parity back in the NBA. And everybody talks about super teams. News flash. In the 80s, the Boston Celtics was a super team, okay? Kevin McHale, Larry Bird. Come on, man. The Chief. I mean, they had a super team in the 80s. They did. The Lakers did as well. With Magic, Kareem, James Worthy. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's a super team too. Well, what about Philly that won a couple titles in the 80s? When they had Julius Irvin and the Chocolate Thunder and Charles Barkley. Come on, man. Well, I'm sorry. Not Charles Barkley. I'm sorry. It was before him. But you get, well, you picking up when I'm laying down, okay? This whole super teams thing is not new. The whole 80s was dominated by the Lakers, the Celtics, and the Pistons. Dominated. And then who took the ring after that? The Bulls. Michael Jordan couldn't get it done alone, y'all. You saw that in the early 80s. He could not beat the Pistons because he ain't had the right tools. When you give him Dennis Rodman and you give him, you know, the tools they put around him, Ryan Harper and all those guys, come on, man, that was a super team too. So stop talking about super teams because the best teams have multiple great players on them. There aren't too many teams. Just look at the 04 Pistons that won it. They had five All-Stars. I think they were the first team to have four or five All-Stars playing an All-Star game. That ain't a super team? You mean to tell me Chauncey Billups... Richard Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace. Come on, man. You think they was you think they just beat the Lakers by accident? They beat them in five games. The Lakers only won one game with Kobe and Shaq. One. And I want to say it was the first game. No, I'm sorry. It was the second game. Then the Pistons won three at the crib and got the title. But Ben Wallace had to guard Shaq. Come on, man. That team was really, really good and should have won another one. So that's the 05 Pistons teams is definitely on my teams that never did it list. Still pissed that she went off and tried to guard Geno. Man, what you doing, dog? Come on, man. Anyway, super teams ain't nothing new. So do we have parity back in NBA? I think we do. You got three or four teams in the East that can win it. You got three or four teams in the West that can win it. And it's going to be a very exciting time for the NBA next season. You're going to have a lot of storylines. You're going to have a lot of drama. And it's going to be fun to watch next year. But I think parity is back. You don't know who's going to win it next year. Last couple of years, you knew the Warriors were going to win it or at least be there. And it took some injuries for them to be dethroned. So if they didn't have injuries, if they were fully healthy, they didn't want three titles in a row. So next year and going forward, you don't know who's going to win it. So the super teams, everybody is building a super team. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do and getting star top players. And if you're not, I don't know what you're waiting on. 
don't know why you tanking. The process is done. All the good young players have, have basically been accumulated. There aren't going to be that more new young players coming to the league to take the rings. All the new stars are young. They're all are. So it's not going to be guys three or four years down the line that's going to come in and be like, yeah, that's going to be that guy. You see Zion. Zion ain't ready. R.J. Barrett ain't ready. These guys that got picked in the draft, they're going to be good young players, but they're not going to carry on the torch. They're not the Greek freak who's still young. They're not A.D. who's still young. Come on, these guys are Kawhi. Kawhi, 27. He, one of the best players in the game, he's 27. Paul George, 28, 29. I mean, the best players in the league are not 30. They're either 30 or, or below. So if you think you're about to get a stud in the next three or four years and you tanking, I don't know what you're tanking for. It's going to be like six or seven years. You better get it done now or it's not going to be able to get done. So I think parity is back in the NBA. So next year, it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm going to end off my free agency talk with one trade that's been on the wire that hasn't went down yet, and I hope it does. We talking about Russell Westbrook, baby. Coming to Detroit. Hey, man, get this deal done. Get Russ to Detroit. Get Reggie Jackson the hell out of Detroit, please. So I don't care what kind of deal you sign, you get get done. Get Russell to Detroit. And get Reggie Jackson and his contract the hell out of here, man. I'm get sorry. Get out of here, man. That experiment has, has passed. It's gone. If he was still getting 18 and 8, I get it. But the boy averaged 12 and 5 last year. He, ain't he, was, he was hurt. I get it. He didn't play a full season. But get Reggie Jackson a body, Trey, man. Get Russell Westbrook here. And all these people that talk about they don't want Russell Westbrook in Detroit are nuts. You bought as nuts as a squirrel coming off a tree looking around for something to eat. That's how nuts you are. This guy was a triple-double for almost three years straight because he's going to get it again next year. And you talk about, nah, the Pistons need to build through the draft and they need to, they need to rebuild and all of this mess. Shut up. Shut up. Our draft picks have been god-awful since we got rid of Joe Dumars. And even Joe Dumars' best draft pick was Tayshaun Prince. We want to go down that road of who the Pistons have drafted the last 10 years? 10 years! Their draft picks have been awful. Awful. They got some guys that's not even in the league yet that we drafted in the first round. Where's Austin Day? We drafted him like 14. Like, come on. We've had a lot of guys that shouldn't even be in the league and guys that we've passed on. And y'all talk about we need to build through the draft. In draft who with who? You think we got the type of personnel office no. that's going to be able to build a team through the draft? No. We don't. Okay? The Pistons, are. it's like that coach at the high school or college level, and I ain't going to say no names even though I can. That need all studs to get it done. When they actually have to coach and develop, they can't get it done. That's what the Pistons is like, trying to build through the draft to get a team. Man, they need studs. They need Blake Griffin. They need Russell Westbrook. We need Derrick Rose. We need studs to get it done. Stop trying to build through the draft. We don't draft well. We ain't the Spurs. We not about to build through the draft like the Denver Nuggets did. We don't have that type of personnel. 
up top. Now, if the Pistons were smart, they would just hire the Yoda, bring them back to Detroit, and you would have all the players that you need. But no, 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 no. No, you're not smart enough to do what Atlanta is doing. Atlanta is building a legitimate contender in the East because they have smart people behind the scenes that can get it done. Detroit does not, okay? There are some coaches that need all-star players for their teams to be successful, and that's what the Pistons are. They need studs, they need all-star players to get it done. And they're going to get done in the draft, and they're going to get done with development. But I'll tell you like this, hire me and Rashad Phillips, and that will change. And you hire Willie Green as your assistant. Let me be quiet. I ain't going to give you no help. I ain't going to give you no help. But if you hire me, Willie Green, and Rashad Phillips, your program and your organization will change. I'm just going to tell you like that. I'm going to be quite honest. Straight up. I'll fix, I'll fix Drummond's shot right now. I'll fix it. He won't miss no more free throws. But that's just my little plug. I'm, I'm kind of good with shooting. Some people have told me that. Kind of good. But the Pistons ain't smart enough to do that. So make the deal and bring my big brother Russ to the D. All right, we need Russell Westbrook wearing the zero jersey in Detroit so we can sell out Little Caesars or Wiener and we can get some more bandwagon fans back on board because I'm always a Piston fan, always. I'm a Detroit fan to the core, seven mile, what up, though? Just have me some JJ Wings on eight mile and Evergreen. What it do? I'm from the city. Bring Russ to the city because he one of them Detroit guys that's going to get He's going to grind with us. We're going to love Russ in Detroit. Get that deal done, man. If anybody from our organization is listening, get it done, man. Bring Russell to Detroit so we can show him that real Detroit love and we can get back being a contender in the East because it don't take much. It don't take much. Kawhi just told you. It don't take much. You put a couple good pieces together, some high-level players, it can get done. So get Russ back to the D, and let's get it, baby, so I can be down at Lil' Season Arena on the floor doing a blade dance. What up, though? Bring Russ to the D. So that was my free agency talk. We've been talking about free agency the last couple weeks. It's been in the news heavy. I just tried to cover the topics that I feel like that I would like to cover because you hear the same stories on ESPN and other networks are not going to shout them out because they're not cutting me a check. Cut me a check. I'll shout out whoever you want me to. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. But those were just some of the deals that that came across my plate that I thought were interesting. And, you know, we talk about it and we move on because we talking hoops, baby. I'm back in my element, man. If y'all knew where I recorded, you would be. Well, actually, if you really know me, you wouldn't be surprised. But this ain't no high level studio production. This is a flame Knicks production, just like I used to do the mixtapes back in the day. All right. Same deal with the podcast, man. I get it in anywhere I can fit it in. You feel me? Anyway. Our next segment, we're going to talk about some travel hoops. This weekend, he had a really big tournament in the Romulus area in Michigan. It was the July tune-up. And you have some really good competition going on. But the main event, okay, the main event was held at Romulus Summit Academy. Head coach there is Mark White. He got a really nice setup out there, man. I was really impressed. He's got three full courts. He's got a middle school court. Just built a weight room, and it's a nice, it's a nice setup. Now they don't have wood floors. 
They have that uh, somatic, I don't know what you even call it, like the mat type of floor, but it's not a bad one. It's a good floor. And uh, Romulus Summit got a nice setup, and they got a really good point guard I might talk about this week or coming forward. Really good young freshman point guard that's putting up some big numbers, and I'm going to tell you about him at a later date. But the setup was at Romulus Summit. It was hosted by the Reach Legends Youth Program, and... They had a main event on Saturday. It's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 6 o'clock. Packed gym. Packed the middle school gym out. And the main event was the, the swoosh versus the stripes. You had the Nike Michigan program, which is the family, versus the Adidas Michigan program, which is the Reach Legends. And boy, did they put on a show. Okay, so the 15U played at four, five, I think it was four o'clock. The 16U teams played at five o'clock, and the 17U teams played at seven o'clock. And on, on, on these six teams, there are a lot of prospects that I've been mentioning on this podcast. So when I mention a prospect on this podcast, you might want to pay attention to them. I'm just going to be honest to you, I'm not telling you things that you shouldn't know. And I'm also not going to tell you information that is false or untrue when it comes to basketball because I know my hoops. If I didn't know my hoops, I wouldn't put my stamp on it and put a podcast out for the world to hear. But I do. I put my stamp on it like I'm an airport trying to get verified through clear. <laughs> wink, wink. But that's what I do, man. When I, when I talk about a prospect, pay attention to him. And a lot of the guys that I've talked about on this podcast played in one of these three games. Guys like Pierre Brooks, you know, Jalen Terry, Simon Wheeler for the family, Parker Day for reach. Okay. Julian Lewis for reach. Colin Ghoston for reach. Jay Sean Moore for reach. All right. So there have been names that I've been throwing in there from now uh, that you need to pay attention to, you know, Brody Parker for reach 16 U. All right, there are some names that you need to pay attention to. And boy, did they put on a show, okay? The very first game of the, the, the second game, this was a 16 and under game. All right, probably the better game out of the three because you probably easily got 10 college prospects, not prospects, Division One prospects in this game. And the very first play had a young man I mentioned last week his name is Parker Day. He plays at Saginaw Heritage. Very first player of the game. Catches it on the wing. Shot fake. Guy goes up in the air. He throws it off the glass. He goes up. He gets it. And he flushes it with two hands. First player of the game. And I told you young boy was the real deal. And oh man. If the whole if it was sports center like, if Baldus Life was there, or it was some other, I mean, EGB, my man Eric Get Buckets, who does a great job on social media and getting these guys exposure in Michigan. Shout out to my man's EGB. He got the footage, but my man put it off the glass and flushed it with two first play of the game, y'all. I told y'all, I know these hoops, man. I could talk hoops with the best of them, and Parker Day, that boy can go. So. Even though the result didn't happen like I wanted, of course, I wanted one of my reach teams to win. But the Nike teams prevailed. The 15U family won the 15U game. The family won the 16U game and the 17U game. So 
they they proved that the, the swoosh was where it was at on Saturday. They got it done. They backed it up. Malik Carr had a dunk down the lane in the 17U game, and he told Colin, dog, you can't guard me, man. He's a high-level football player. His dad is Cornell Mann, who coaches at Missouri. High-level Division I football player. He can also play Division I basketballers, too. He can. Malik Carr out of Oak Park. He is a very good prospect on both sides of the ball. I just hope he plays football because if he plays football, he'll be a pro. He'll get drafted. He'll make a lot of money for his family. Not to say that uh, he wouldn't do it playing basketball, but he, he's, he's a beast, man. He's a beast. He's one of those guys that's 6'5", 6'6", super athletic, strong. He just he a grown man. He had that dunk down the lane like, you better not jump because you're getting punched on, brother. All right, so in this showcase, and you will catch the footage. I might even put it. Um, underneath in the comments so you can go and watch uh, the highlights from these contests. But there's a lot of high-level players that I've mentioned on this podcast, and boy, they put on a show. And we need to see that show more often, Michigan teams. Stop going to Ohio. Stop going to Indiana. Stop going to Chicago. And the reason why I'm saying that, because them teams ain't coming back here. How many times you seen Mean Streets in Michigan? How many times you see Mac Irvin in Michigan? How many times you didn't see Speece Indy Heat in Michigan? Well, you'll see Indy Heat. All right, but they ain't bringing all their teams. And if they do, it's the brawl for brawl because they're running the tournament. All right, stop going, stop going out of state, man. Stop spending your money, $500, $700, all this money to go out and play in these tournaments in, in Midwest states when you can just stay home and get it done. I've said it before. If the best teams played in Michigan, that will be the best tournament that weekend. You mean to tell me if you put Reach, the Playmakers, the Family, um, the Mustangs, Grand Rapids Storm, Legacy. Come on, man. It's enough good enough teams right here in Michigan. You can have your own circuit. And you still going to get tons of coaches and you're going to pack the gym. But the reason why that doesn't happen, because we got too many greedy coaches that don't want to get along. And that's why high school basketball has suffered in Michigan, because we got way too many coaches that don't want to get along. The one thing I respect about the Ohio coaches is about that little challenge that they did, challenging each other about the staffs hooping and they put it on social media. That was really, really dope. And it showed camaraderie between high school coaches that does not exist here in Michigan. You Michigan coaches, I'm talking to you because I'm involved as well, or I might be or might not. Not sure where I'm going to coach next year. If I even do but listen to me we need to get together AAU high school coaches we need to get together and fix our own problem we got all these guys leaving out of state keep them here where the way to keep the way to keep them here is that we put high level programs together high level events together high level coaches working together and we'll shut all that shit down excuse my friends this is a family podcast but we'll shut it all down if we work together. So I'm going to need my coaches, not just Detroit, not just Saginaw, not just Flip, all over the state to stick together and just shut it down, man, if you really wanted to get it done. And we'll fix our own problem. We'll have all the high-level players coming out of Michigan again because that's all they did in the 80s. You don't think Ben Kelso and Perry Watson was cool enough to send guys all over the country? Of course they was. That wasn't by mistake. 
that you had so many high-level players at Cooley and Southwestern. That wasn't by mistake. It was because they got along enough to have a working relationship to say, hey, look, all right, that kid stay on pure and he going to go to your school, but such and such stay over here. Let me get him. All right, so let's get together, man. Let's fix it. And I think if we put our own tournament together here in Michigan, it will be a splash. So the July tune-up, the family did really well in that tournament this past weekend. They showed out. They showed out. Uh, there were some other teams that did pretty well. Uh, Acuff Jr., his sixth grade team was playing the eighth grade. And he showed you why he was one of the best sixth graders in the country. Now I get it. Some people are probably going to be like, Coach Kim, did you just say that there was a kid playing the tournament that was the best sixth grader in the country? Yes, I did. I did. I don't normally talk about sixth graders, but there's going to be a segment coming in the future when I'm going to talk about Darius Acuff Jr. He's going to be a seventh grader. And if he's not one of the best seventh graders in the country, I want you to tell me who is or sixth grader. I'm sorry. One of the best sixth graders in the country. I want you to show me who is. I just hope he keeps developing and keeps growing so he can be the best A-Cup that ever came out of Detroit because he has the very possibility of doing so. Kid played eighth grade and you couldn't tell. He was cutting up eighth graders and ninth graders like it was nothing. Boy is a stud. So this tournament has some high-level players. High-level players. The scouts was out. Saw TJ Kelly. Saw Steve Bell. They was out. And they put on a show, man. So, shouts out to the teams that came out to the July tune-up. You know, wish you guys well next week. Next week, my team is going to Alabama, Birmingham for the Adidas Summer Championships. We leave out uh, Wednesday or Thursday. And we had a decision to make as a program whether to go back to the NY2LA or to take all of our teams to Alabama. And the reason why we took all five of our teams... To Alabama because first of all we're a data sponsored program now it's not saying much we don't get a whole lot of product but we have entry to oh we still got to pay entry fees and all that but we got the stripes on us we got the stripes on us so we got to perform and we got to go down to the summer championships but part of the reason why we chose to go to Alabama as opposed to to Milwaukee is because Alabama is two hours from the I mean I'm not Detroit Alabama is two hours from Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. You want to know what's in Atlanta, Georgia? The Peach Jam. You know how many coaches go to the Peach Jam? Hundreds. Hundreds of coaches will be at the Peach Jam. It is going to be packed. And the smart coaches are going to make, make their way over to Adidas. You fix your schedule. Okay, I'll do the afternoon in Georgia. I'll do the morning in Birmingham, I'll stay somewhere in between, maybe an hour in between both. So no matter where I'm at in the evening, I can make sure I get home safe or get to lodging safe. But the smart coaches are going to go to both. I'm going to tell you where coaches aren't going. They're not going to Milwaukee. You want to know why they're not going to Milwaukee? They're not going to Milwaukee because the Adidas ain't nowhere close. The Nike ain't nowhere close. And the Under Armour ain't nowhere close. So why go to Milwaukee? It's going to be zero coaches there. So I feel bad for those teams that's going to spend all that money and go to Milwaukee, and there ain't going to be no coaches there. Now, the Summer Jam is usually the best tournament in the summer. Yeah, that's because it was during the weekend that wasn't the Peach Jam. It was during the weekend that wasn't the Adidas Summer Championships. Well, that was all the same weekend. 
You think people still go? You think coaches still going to Milwaukee? They're not. The ones that are going to Milwaukee are the teams that have already seen us play. All the GLIAC teams will be here. All the Horizon teams will send their third or fourth assistant there. All the MAC teams, and not even all of them. You're not. You might get a situation where you get some coaches that fly out of Milwaukee just so they can get the Peach Jam. Just to have a reason to say, man, I, I want to have a reason to stay for a day and I'm getting out of here. I'm not staying for three, four days because I need to go to Alabama and I need to go to Georgia, which is two hours away. I'm not going to drive seven hours, waste of gas and, and time and money to see players I've already seen. Man, I need, I need to get down to Alabama. I need to get down to Georgia. And I'm going to tell you like this. If you're recruiting anybody that's on the Adidas circuit and you're not going to Alabama, Hey man, just 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 forward me your credentials. I'll I'll do the homework for you, but I'm gonna need you to cut me a check because you're doing a disservice to whoever you're working for. If you've offered anybody on the Adidas circuit and your tail ain't in a, ain't at Alabama, if I had to drive ten hours to go to Alabama and Georgia, guess who will be in the car on the road just going seventy five south? Yes, it would be me. Because I would be like, Coach, we have no business going to Milwaukee. We need to go to Alabama and Georgia, and I could get that done for as cheap as possible, and we're wasting our time in Milwaukee. That's just my Coach Camp College coach segment of the day. All right? Wink, wink. If you want to hire me, go ahead. I'm a free agent. Probably won't coach next year. Newsflash. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell my wife. She already knows. But... That's just my advice for you. If you want some recruiting tips, you might. I sprinkle them in every now and then, every week. And that was my recruiting tip. Don't go to Milwaukee. Drive to 10 hours to Alabama. It's two hours away from Georgia. And thank me later. It's your coach that knows who's the most. And we back, back on the road with it. I apologize, but I told you. I'm going to get it the way I'm supposed to get it. You feel me? I'm a grinder. I ain't one of these guys out here just chilling. All right, so look. Pay attention to my College 5 prospects, my Flame 5. Last week I gave you some names, some guys to be recruiting and looking out for this weekend or just going forward. You got travel basketball popping off this weekend. It's a live period. You got teams going to Birmingham, Alabama for the Adidas Summer Championships. You got teams going to the Peach Jam, the Nike EYBL. You got the UAA Rise popping off in Atlanta. You also got the NY2LA going off in Milwaukee. So I know all my coaches is on the road. So you're going to need something to listen to while you're going from gym to gym because there's prospects all over the country. So this is the Coach Cam Flame 5 College Prospects, guys you need to be looking out for. Now last week, I gave you some names, some guys that you should be looking for. One of those names is Parker Day. And boy put on a show in a July tune-up put on by Reach and Ryman at Summit Academy. All right, first play of the game, he puts it off the backboard and just slams it in the half court. Crazy, insane dunk. But my first prospect I want to talk about is a guard, plays at Grand Rapids, Christian, 6'5". His name is Kobe, Kobe Bufkin. Okay, remember that name, Kobe Bufkin. And with a name like Kobe, you got to back it up with some game. And his parents did right because the boy can flat out go. He can stretch the floor with his jump shot. He's a lefty. He can get to the rim. He's long. He's lanky. He's athletic. He can distribute the basketball. Really good defender on the wing. He can guard guards. He can guard wings. High-level prospect, man. I think this kid is a high-major prospect. 
out of Michigan. We only got a few. I think we probably got maybe five or six kids who I think are high major prospects in the state. Kobe is one of those guys. Uh, high character kid, can get it done. Very crafty with the basketball, can create a shot for himself and others. He's athletic, he's playing above the rim. He's got Division I offers from VCU. He's got DePaul, he's got Ohio, he's got Rhode Island. He's getting interest from Michigan, Michigan State, Xavier. I mean, you name it, he's a high major prospect. High major prospect, a lot of the mid-majors in Michigan haven't offered because when they see him play, they're, they're looking like there's no way where we're gonna get this kid. There's no way, because he's a high major prospect. He will be playing at a power five school. He's one of those kids that's gonna be playing in the Big Ten, maybe the ACC, he can go to, you know, schools like that. So his recruiting is picking up, and when he shows out in Atlanta this weekend, trust me, he also played in the uh, EYBL this season for the 16 and under. The kid is just a really dynamic prospect, all right? So make sure you go out and watch Grand Rapids Christian. He's the best player on that team. They have other prospects on that team as well. But I'm telling you, Kobe Bufkin is a name to look out for. The next name on this list, like I said, I don't rank them because I don't do rankings. All right, some of these guys and scouts do rankings. I don't do rankings. I just give you the real. We talking hoops, baby. All right, the next one I'm going to give you is Mason Docks out of Williamston High School. He's a point guard, a very dynamic player, about six feet, 5'11", six feet. Very crafty with the ball. His brother, Chris Harrison Docks, played at Butler. He's also from the Lansing area. Really good player. High IQ. Very good with a ball screen. And if you just, he's one of those kids, you just give him space and you just move out the way. You move out the way because he, he can stretch the floor with his jump shot. He can shoot it. And if you're a point guard in today's game, you're not a Division I prospect if you can't shoot it. Okay? News flash for, for guards. You got to be able to shoot the basketball. Shooting is a premium. It's the reason why Danny Green can stick around in the league. Guys like Kyle Corver, J.J. Reddick, they can shoot the basketball. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCullum, they can shoot the basketball. He's a small guard. He's really quick with the handle. He'll blow right by you. Smart and crafty. Get you in foul trouble if you don't know how to check. Uh, but Mason Docks is probably one of the best point guards in the state. And even though he's young, He's just a sophomore. He's got some ways to go. Uh, he's a 2022 kid. Same class as Amani Bates. Not quite that level of Ty Rogers and Amani Bates. But he's probably the best point guard in that class. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Williamston in the state championship or in the final four this year. They will be playing at the Breslin. So he's one of those guys that can get it done for his team. High IQ, can distribute for himself and for others. He's a really good player. He's a really good player. We want to make sure you go watch him. He plays for Legacy, Legacy Elite. I think they're playing in the NY2LA this weekend, but he's playing up. This past weekend, he played up, and he gave my team fits. He gave them fits. Our guards couldn't handle him, and like I told those guys, you got to be able to bump with the best, and he's one of the best point guards in his class. So make sure you go see this young man. The next guy on my list is Isaiah Sanders. Now, I said previously, when I talk about these guys, I'm not always going to be talking about D1 guys. I'm going to be talking about some, some mid-level guys, D2, D3. 
Isaiah Sanders plays at Cast Tech. He's 6'6. He's a big. He's an undersized big. He's big and he's physical. He can finish around the rim. And when you see Cast Tech play, you probably won't see his upside. Okay? Unless you're looking for a big. I mean, you got Tyson Acuff, you got Kyle LeGree, you got some really good guards on that team. But he's just one of those do it all, in the mud, dirty, make the right plays kind of guys. He's an undersized big. Gliak, call me about him. Trust me. His dad is a very good friend of the family. My brother is his godfather. And I'm not saying that because he's family. I'm saying that because if you're trying to get in on the kid, you need to call me. He plays at Cast Tech. He's going to be a junior. And he's a high-level player. High-level player, but he's under. He's an undersized big. He's an undersized big. And guys like this that are 6'6", six, 6'5", six, six, that play in the post, usually fall to the Gliac. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with playing in the Gliac. The Gliac is the best Division II conference in the country. Trust me. It's some very, very, very good basketball players in the Gliac. And I think he can play in the Gliac. He might end up at a low major school, maybe a, a HBCU, somewhere like Mississippi State, where Lizzie Hunter just got the job, Mississippi Valley State, school like that. But I think he's best fit in the GLIAC because he's an undersized big. He can guard bigger than he is. So if you got a 6'9", 6'10", and he's somebody that's physical that can guard the paint, he's that guy. He's that guy because he's big and he's physical. He can rebound. He can shoot it up to about 15 feet. Hasn't added the three ball to his game, but it's coming. It's coming. Maybe he'll get me in the gym with him, and I'll make sure he can stretch the floor. Because in order to play in the GLIAC, you got to be able to shoot at all five levels. So Isaiah Sanders, Cast Tech, plays with the Playmakers. They will be playing in Milwaukee at NY2LA, and I know the whole GLIAC will be there. So when you go to the NY2LA, coaches, go watch the Playmakers and recruit Isaiah Sanders. I've always, I've already talked to some coaches about him. He's got good grades. He's, he'll pass the test. He'll be a good kid for you to recruit, especially at that level. The next recruit, the Coach Cam, Flame Five College prospect, is Jalen Terry. Flint Beecher, 6'2 guard, highly athletic. He's committed to Michigan State, so you can't recruit him. But just because you can't recruit him don't mean I can't talk about him. This kid is a high-level player. All right, we've been talking about him for years. Flip, he's got, he's put Flip each on the map still. They haven't won a state championship while he's been there. And it might come this year because the tandem with him and Ernest Sanders is just something that a lot of teams just can't prepare for at the high school level. Very athletic guard. He's crafty. He can get to the rim. He's going to fit well in Tom Izzo's system at Michigan State because he's a guard that can shoot it and create. And with Michigan State, you know, guys in Tom Izzo's offense, if you can shoot and you can score, you can play for him. But the thing about him is he really can check. He really can check. He's probably one of the best on-ball defenders that you'll see in the state of Michigan. He was just named the EYBL Most Improved Player just from the growth that he had from last year to this year. He's really athletic. He's one of those guards, if you're on the break and he's on the wing, watch your head because it's raining and he might come down on you catching the alley-oop. So he's very athletic, plays at the rim, really good jump shot, needs to get a little bit more consistent with his jumper, uh, but he, he can make a three, he can make the mid-range. The best part about his game is that if you put him on an island and you get on ball screen, watch out, man. Watch out because he's getting to the rim. And like I said, he might put it on your head. 
So Jalen Terry is going to fit well at Michigan State and at the Big Ten because he is very athletic. And the last prospect I would like to talk about is Colin Ghostin out of Ferndale. Plays for the Reach Legends 17U. They'll be playing in the Adidas Center Championships in Alabama. And this, this team is so good that a lot of guys get overlooked. He's one of those guys that get overlooked. He plays the four. Very strong, really big and athletic. He's about 6'5". He's a forward. A lot of coaches have, have tried to peg him as a guy that can't stretch the floor and put the ball on the floor. But he can. He can make plays with the ball. He can make the jumper, the open jumper, the pick and pop jumper. He can get to the rim, but he's big and he's physical. Okay? So I like those guys as big and physical because they can rebound. You can't rebound if you're not physical. And he's athletic. He'll put one on your head if you're not looking close. But Colin Golson is a really good prospect for you to watch. Coaches, if you're in Alabama, go see Reach. Go see Reach. They have at least five or six college prospects on that team. And I'm not talking about Division One. Almost all of those guys on that team will be able to play at the next level. So go watch Colin Golston. Plays at Ferndale High School in Michigan. Really, really good prospect. If you need a big physical guy that's going to play inside, he can play outside. If you play four out one, he can play the four. He can make plays with the ball. Really good player. Really good player, Colin Golston. Really like how his game has progressed because being an undersized big, and, and I wouldn't even call him a big. He's a forward. He's a forward. He can put the ball on the floor. He can make plays. So don't, don't think he's just a big because he's 6'5", and he's the biggest, strongest guy on the floor. You got to make sure he fits in your offense, and he will. He will. He'll set good screens. He'll make plays with the ball, dribble handoffs, attack the rim. So Colin Ghosted out of Ferndale, 6'6 kid out of plays for Reach Legends. You need to go watch him play. So those are my five college prospects that you need to go watch this week. Coaches, when you hit the road, let me know when you go watch one of these guys. Uh, trust me. Pay attention because I'm not going to steer you wrong like a card on the right road. I'm, I'm going to steer you the right way. And these guys can play. Uh, they're Division One, Division Two prospects. But you got to recruit them. You got to recruit them. Don't say, I can't get this kid because he's a mid-major. He's got mid-major offers. Uh, Colin Golson is getting, he's got offers from Siena. He's also got offers from Cleveland State and IPFW, I believe. And he's getting interest from a lot of Division One and Division Two schools. But recruit these guys. Go after them. Try to get them. Because if you don't recruit them, you're not going to get them. That's just facts. That's facts. And you need to call me about them. I've watched all these guys multiple times. And they all can play at the next level. So that's my college flame five prospects for you. And if you need some help with your recruiting, I'm still a free agent, baby. So call me. So that was my Flame 5 College Prospect segment. Make sure you go check those guys out if you have the opportunity to do so. This next segment that we're going to do, we did it last week, going to do it again because there's some really interesting basketball talks that come out of this. At least I think so. Hopefully you guys get a kick out of it. But this is the best to never do it. These are teams that were really good that did not win the championship. And top on my list for this week, I'm going to start with 1994, the Purdue Boilermakers. You're probably like, when, when was Purdue ever relevant? All right. Well, you're going to have to go back 15 years. But they had a guy named Big Dog Glenn Robinson, and he was a problem. 
Okay, and I'm not talking about an algebra problem either. He was Calc 2, Calc 3, the highest math problem you can think of because you just couldn't guard him. Nobody in the Big Ten could guard him. Nobody in America could guard him. The boy averaged 30 and 11 his, his sophomore year. His freshman year, he was 27 and 8. Scored 1,700 points in two seasons, and you don't win a national title out of that. I mean... That's pretty crazy to think that you got the best player in the game. By far, by or none. Best player in the game. Nobody can guard him. And he can't, he can't take you to the chip. He can't win you one. His teammate is the current head coach in Missouri now, Casino Martin. And he was 16-4 game. So, I mean, that's a tandem to deal with right there. And, like, they couldn't get it done. That's just so wild to think that. You got big Glenn Dog Robinson averaging 30, and you can't at least get to the national championship game. Another team I want to mention in this year, we're talking about 93-94. Going back for you guys, for you youngest man, do your history. All right. North Carolina. North Carolina with the with the likes of Eric Montrose, Jerry Stackhouse, Donald Williams, Rasheed Wallace, Derek Phelps, Jeff McKinnis, who are all pros, by the way. All right. And when you look at their averages, 13, 12, 9, 9, 8, and 8, you talk about parity. I mean, they was getting it done. But they lost in the second round. They lost the second round tournament. They lost to Boston College to the likes of Howard Isley and Gerald Abrams. And you're probably like, who is Howard Isley and Gerald Abrams? Well, Howard Isley is currently the assistant coach at the University of Michigan. Okay. Played at Utah for the Utah Jazz. He was a very high impact player out of Detroit. A uh, very good point guard played, I want to say, 10 to 12 years in the NBA. And uh, Gerald Adams, also from Detroit, uh, from the Detroit area, Romulus River Rouge area, was was a very influential guard on that team. And they couldn't beat that tandem. They couldn't beat them. And it's hard to believe that a, a team with five or six pros can't get past the second round. I mean, North Carolina in this era between 94 and 98. They only had one season where they won less than 22 games. And that was 95-96 when they won, They went 21-11. and 11. But it, here's their records in this, what, six-year time frame. 34-4, and 28-7, and 28-6, 21-11, 28-7, 34-4. None of those teams won national titles. The team that did win it was the team that went 34-4 in uh, 92 and got it done. But, I mean, North Carolina went on a run where they had some outstanding players and didn't win it all. So the one of the best to never do it is North Carolina. They're on my list. Let's move to 1995. 95 was the year that UCLA won it with the Bannon brothers and Tyus Edney. He had the little buzzer beater. I think they beat uh, Cincinnati. I uh, forget which round that was, but Tyus Edney was a really good little guard out of UCLA. The Bannon brothers were just, he, they were just too much. They were too much for everybody this year. They went 31-2 and two and won it. The final four this year was Arkansas, North Carolina, Oklahoma State, and UCLA. All right, and the thing about this this year, which I think was was pretty um, outstanding, the ACC has some monster teams and monster players, and none of them won the title. You're looking at Wake Forest. Wake Forest had Randolph Childress, who probably had the, one of the best step backs ever, put my man on the ground, a total to come here. Look that up on YouTube, youngins. Um, and then you had Tim Duncan. I mean, you had probably one of the, the, the best guards in the ACC and probably one of the best bigs in the country 
and you can't even get to the final four. Uh, you had Joe Smith at Maryland, who was just this wrecking shop on everybody. I mean, he was 23 and 10 a game, and they couldn't get out of there. Uh, of course, I already mentioned North Carolina. So the ACC in 95 was loaded, and they get one team in the Final Four, which is North Carolina, and I already told you the run they went on. And it was just, it's just crazy to think that, you know, uh, Tim Duncan didn't win a national championship. He won more NBA titles than he did college titles. So that was that year, uh, 1996. Uh, you're talking about Kentucky went 34-2 and two and won it. They had a bunch of pros on this team. I mean, Delk, uh, Walker, McCarty, Derek Anderson, Najee Muhammad. I got a funny Derek Anderson story. All right, so I, I'm, I'm really derailing right here. Derail Davis, as uh, Jalen Rowe would say. But I'm at the Final Four in Atlanta one year, and Kentucky just won a national title with uh, Anthony Davis and crew. So we're, we're, we're in New Orleans. We're hanging out on Beale Street. And for some reason, somebody just thinks I'm Derek Anderson. Oh, you're Derek Anderson. You played in 1996. Oh, my God. I'm a great fan. And I'm rolling with it. I'm like, yep, sure did. Go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I am. That's me. Let's go. Where the party? And for about two hours straight, everybody there thought I was Derek Anderson. Nobody even knew who Derek Anderson was but this one guy. But he thought I was a Kentucky player. I ran with it. And I'm just going to let you know, we had a fun time that night when I had was being Derek Anderson. But anyway, 1996, man, the year that Kentucky won it, there was a team that, that was the number one team in the country uh, overall for the majority of the year, and it was UMass. And UMass had a guy named Marcus Camby. Oh, my Lord. He was a bucket getter down low. Uh, inside and out, can stretch it to three. I mean, a three wasn't a huge part of his game, but he had a really good mid-range jumper. Um, he was just—he just got it done, man. He was just a beast down low. He just couldn't guard him, man. He was—I mean, the team went thirty-five and two, and he was every bit of, of twenty-one and eight a game. And and the funny thing about this team is John Calipari—they lose to Kentucky in the Final Four, and then years down the line, John Calipari goes on and he coaches at Kentucky and. It's just it's crazy that uh, even though Kentucky won it with six pros, uh, I mean you talk about Delk and Antoine Walter, Antoine Walker and Walter McCarty and Nazi Muhammad and Derek Anderson. I mean, really good team uh, that won it all with Kentucky. But UMass had the better record, and they were the consensus number one, and they did not win it. Okay, 97, 1997, Arizona won it. The Arizona Wildcats won it with Mike Bibby and Miles Simon and Jason Terry. But who did they beat? The team that they beat was the overall number one seed was Kansas with Paul Pierce and Jacques Vaughn and Scott Pollard and Rafe LaFrance. Rafe LaFrance was a nice big 18 and nine in game. I mean, this team went 34 and two. They went 34 and two. And did not win it. Didn't win it. You win 34 games in a year. And you got one of the best small forwards ever. Top five. I mean, top 10. I mean, Paul Pierce is probably a top 10 small forward ever. And I don't care what you say. They called him the truth for a reason. And you got him on your roster. And you're the number one team in the country. And you don't win it all with Paul Pierce? That's crazy. I mean, Arizona was loaded. 
But, I mean, this was the year that Kansas should have won it. Kansas has had some very good teams in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s that did not win a title. And probably my number one team that didn't win it is also another North Carolina team in 1998. You got Vince Carter, Antoine Jameson, Shaman Williams. They go 34-4, and and they lose to Utah. Now, Utah did have Andre Miller, okay, and company. But come on, man. How you not win with, with Antoine Jameson, who's averaging 22-10, and 10, and Vince Carter has averaged 16-5? Like, how you don't win a title with them, them guys? That's so crazy. I mean, North Carolina was loaded in the 90s. To be so loaded in the 90s and to only win one title in 92, 93, I think was a little bit short. They should have gotten at least another title with one of these teams in that era, especially this team in 98. I mean, Vince Carter, I mean, he's probably one of the most dynamic athletic players we've ever seen. And he won a title. Him and Antoine Jameson. Antoine Jameson was a bucket. All right. He was a bucket. I mean, he was he was probably one of those guys that was kind of ahead of his time playing the three four, you know, being able to pick and pop and and make threes and and really add the jump shot shooting to that position. Because before, I mean, outside of you know Bill Lambeer and Terry Mills and a few other guys, Sam Perkins, there weren't a whole lot of fours shooting it like that. But Antoine Jameson really turned that position around where he made you. You really had to respect that guy about putting the ball on the floor and, and really stretching it out to three uh, because three ball wasn't really uh, prevalent in the game at the time. But Antoine Jameson, I mean, the average 20 point. People don't understand how hard it is to average 20 points a game in a college basketball game. It's not an easy thing to do, especially when it comes to conference play, because they know all of your tendencies and you know everything you're going to do. And you still got to go out there and get 20. Not an easy thing to do, especially in college. So guys that average 22 a game, 22 and 8, are very, 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 very good. And teams that have them on it usually have some success, but they couldn't win it all. So um, that's just this week, the best to never do it. We're not even going to cover the NBA this, this week because, I mean, in this era, I mean, you're talking about this the Jordan era. All right, just the Jordan era. So Jordan beat everybody in this era. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple teams. I mean, the Rockets went back-to-back when Jordan decided to play uh, baseball. Uh, but, you know, you got a team like the New York Knicks that don't win it in, in 97. That's probably the best, 97, 98. That's the best team they never had in 30 years. You had John Starks and, and Ewing and uh, all those guys, and, and they don't win it. So uh, really high-level teams that never won a championship. Um if somebody ever steals this segment, just know where you heard it first. Uh, you might see it on ESPN or something like that of the best teams that never win a championship. But you know who did it first. It's your coach, Coach Cam. It's your coach that knows who's the most Coach Cam. We're going to wrap up this week, episode 12, and it's fire as hell. Man, like I said on my Instagram quotes, man, I'm sweating because it's so hot. Has some really good segments this week. Has some really good prospects for you to for you guys to go out and look at. At the at the present moment, I'm in Alabama. We in Birmingham. We about to get it in at the Adidas Championships. But let you guys know how that goes. We're gonna talk about the EYBL next week. We're gonna talk about Kawhi only signing a three year deal and what that means for the Clippers and going forward in the NBA. But other than that, it's your coach that knows who's the most, and I'm sawing off, man. 
Uh-huh. Buckle up for this ride, that's what you need to do. Cause this is Coach Cam and we talking hoops. Kid, kid, we talking hoops.